Hello and welcome to the Building Christian Fellowship Podcast. We are very excited that you have decided to tune in today and pray you are blessed by today's message. One of the best ways someone can show love for you, right, is when they honor your kid or, or, or love on your kid or show um, affection to your kids. And I feel like we were honoring and worshiping our, our God long before we started singing that song by honoring his daughter, Pastor Kaya, this morning. And I felt like, man, we could almost just bring different people up this morning, give them a life shower, and we would go home and we would feel absolutely amazing because the presence of God is all over this place. God takes it seriously when we love on his daughters and on his sons. It means something to him. It's one of the ways that we can show how much we love God, and it it leads perfectly into what God um, wants to say to us this morning. In case you don't know me, my name is Jenny Davis. And I am married to Lionel Davis, standing in the back, holding up the wall back there. Good job, babe. <laughs> and we are uh, the Connections Pastors here at the Building Christian Fellowship. So our job, um, our responsibility, and what we feel called to do is to get y'all connected into the family of God. Um, through different ways. And one of the ways we do that is through small groups. You saw the announcement this morning about small groups. And sometimes um, when we talk about small groups, there's usually a couch up here on the platform letting you know that that's what we're going to talk about because real connection doesn't happen in a crowd. It happens on a couch. When you're sitting in in a living room, sitting on a couch together, having conversations like real, authentic, genuine conversations. And I sense that I'm not going to stick to my notes completely this morning, but we're going to try. Okay. Um, but we always say that small groups are, are a big deal. Small groups are a big deal. So the title of today's message is, What's the Big Deal? Like, we're asking you to sign up for small groups, but why? Isn't, aren't you just adding more stuff to my pl- already busy, full plate? Like, I got a lot of things to do, you know? I'm a busy person. Anybody ever, anybody else in the room feel like you're a busy person? Like, you want me to add one more commitment to my plate? But why is it a big deal? Why would we do that? Because even Pastor John, he's been talking all month long about being intentional. And I know you thought since it's a new month today that you'd get out of hearing about being intentional. But no, we're going to continue on with that theme. And one of the things that he said was, um, you know, in order to live an intentional life, we got to be intentional about every area of our lives. Not just one thing. I'm going to get my finances straight. I'm going to get my health in order. You know, I'm going to do, no, we got to be intentional about everything. That's good that you want to get your finances ordered. It's good that we want to get our health in order. All those things are wonderful things. But we got, in order to live an intentional life, we got to be intentional about every area. And I want to talk to you this morning about an area that specifically, that is very important to every single person in this room. In fact, it's the most important area of our lives. And we're going to talk about relationships because that's the big deal. That's what small groups were created for. And it's a tool that we use to create relationships, opportunities to meet people, opportunities to get to know people better that maybe you just see on Sunday morning every week. You don't even know their name. You hug them. We go around and we hug everybody, right? Do you know the names of everybody that you hug? No, it would be impossible. And the more that we grow, the more important, the bigger deal that small groups are going to be. It's important, guys. It's a big deal. When it comes to real connections, 
the size of a crowd matters. And the smaller the crowd is, the better. That's the way that you really develop real, relevant relationships. Amen? Bible tells us if we want friends, we've got to first show ourselves friendly. It's not up to other people to come up and befriend us. It's like our job to go out and make friends. We've got to be friendly so that we can make some friends. Even Jesus had a small group. He had the 12 disciples, right? Like He knew this key right off the bat because he knew he was going to be surrounded by crowds of people all the time. But he couldn't have those deep connections except with the 12, the ones that he was experiencing life together day in and day out. Like literally the 12 disciples went everywhere together. They slept together. They ate together. They did ministry together. Everything they did was together. That's uh, how we get connected. I imagine that the bond that they had with each other was something beyond what we could even imagine. It's something like what we experience probably within the, the family members that live in our household with us, but maybe even on a more deep level because they were with each other basically 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Okay, no one is saying that when you sign up for a small group that you're going to spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week together. Okay, so you can breathe. Okay, we're not asking you to do that this morning. Real connections take place in small groups and not in big gatherings. So when you go back there this morning to sign up, and, and you're in a really good position today, okay, because this is the first day that we're taking sign-ups, but you didn't make it to the first service. So some of the groups are already full, and some of the houses are already closed. If you don't get signed up today, you might miss out. So I'm going to encourage you to sign up today before you leave. Don't wait. But what is the big deal about small groups? What is the big deal about having relationships? Like, I know the Lord. Isn't that enough? Let's see what God's word says. Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 10 says this. Don't just, to pre don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. I like that. Don't just pretend, because all of us in here are really good pretenders at times. We can pretend to be nice to people. We can pretend that we like them. We can pretend really well on Facebook, too, or Instagram, or whatever social media you have, we can pretend, because you, you've seen it. You've seen those married couples, that they make their lives look like they have the best life ever and the best marriage ever. They're going out on date nights together. You see them playing with their kids all smiles, happy faces, and then next week you find out that they're, the wife filed for divorce. We're good at pretending. We, we're good at pretending, but God's saying here, no, really love them. Don't just pretend. We can sit around in a crowd really easy and pretend. But man, it's a little bit harder when you're in someone's living room and there's just like five or six, seven or eight of you sitting in a room together. It's harder to pretend because they're seeing the real you. You have to participate. So we know that there are a lot of things. Actually, let me finish this. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. And take delight in honoring one another like we did with Pastor Kaya this morning. I don't know about you, but that gave me great joy today to honor my friend and my pastor. That's what we do in these small groups. It's an opportunity for us to show genuine love for one another. We know that there are a lot of things that are important to God. Faith, hope, love. But the greatest of these is love. 
There is nothing more important to God than relationships. That's the whole reason God created Adam, was for relationship. It's the whole reason God created Eve for Adam, was about relationship. It's the whole reason that we're here, is to have relationship with God and relationship with people. Family is important to God. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5, it says this, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. God has adopted each and every one of us. It's what he wanted to do from the very beginning was to adopt us into his family. It's what God wanted all from the beginning was to have a family. And it's not all about just our relationship with him. It blesses him when he sees how we are with one another. It makes me think about my mom. When she's, I just have one brother. We, I came from a small family, but my brother and I are really close. And it really blesses my mom when she sees my brother and I getting along. Does it bless you parents out there when your kids are getting along? Does it make you smile when they do something nice for each other? Because even though we're, my brother and I are both older now, we're not kids anymore, we still like to pick on each other. Him especially. That's what it's like when you're a little sister. That's what you grow up with is constantly being picked on. It's, it's awful. But, I mean, even now we tease each other and pick on each other, but my mom loves it because she knows we're just playing around. And it blesses a parent to see their kids getting along. It blesses God when he sees us honoring one another and genuinely loving one another. You might be sitting in here this morning and this message isn't for you because you were like, when you saw the announcement for small groups, you're like, I'm going to be the first one back there to sign up this morning. But there are others of us who've experienced maybe some hurt in relationships today. And so we're a little more leery about getting involved with people's lives because we've been let down before, we've been disappointed, and, and a lot of us have been let down by people in church or by other churches that we've been a part of. And so it's like, mm, let me just sit back. Well, I'll come to church because I like the worship. I like the presence that's here. I like the word. But I don't want to get involved with anybody's life. I don't want to get involved with the people. Like, I'll say hi and go around and hug everybody when we um, come in and greet each other. But that's about as far as I want to go. Because I know what it's like. I know what it's like to be hurt and disappointed and let down by people. But listen... God is all about family, and relationships are worth fighting for. Relationships are worth fighting for. Just every time we get let down or someone makes a mistake or, or, or disappoints us doesn't mean that, that we just give up on those relationships. Parents, do you give up on your kids every time they disappoint you? I'm sure they've disappointed you plenty of times or upset you plenty of times, but you don't give up. You fight for that relationship because relationships matter. Galatians, before I get there, talking about being adopted into the family of God, this last week we went to, my husband and I went to a funeral, it was my father-in-law's funeral this last Friday, and Lionel had the honor to um, officiate that service, and it was interesting to listen to the, I didn't get to know my father-in-law that well, um, we live in different places, and I didn't have a lot of interaction, but man, the first time I met him, I was immediately a part of the family. I was immediately daughter and he was dad. I was immediately, he would tell me at least five times in the hour that I was with him how much he loved me and how much he appreciated um, how I treated his son. Like he made you feel like family the minute you walked through the door. And it was interesting to hear the different um, family members talk. See, Lionel, um, 
when Lynell's mom and him got together, Lynell and his two sisters were already around. So this was not his biological father, but you would never know that. They called each other dad and son, brother and sisters. That It was just a nice blended family. And he didn't care if you were, he actually in the end had taken in six children, six kids. Only one was biological. He had Lionel and his two sisters when he first got together with his mom. And then um, later his biological son came to live with them. And then after that, uh, two of Lionel's cousins, um, his mom's niece and nephew, came to live with them as well. But to listen to his biological son get up there and talk about his dad and his brothers and sisters, there was never a mention of this being their stepbrother or stepsister. They were all just brother and sister, and he was dad. And he was talking about how he treated them all the same. And that's how it is in God's family. We've all been adopted into this family. Nobody's more special than anybody else. Everyone is special to our father. And we're all sisters, and we're all brothers, and he's our father. God designed it. He loves family. He loves the concept of family. No matter what your family looks like, he loves the idea of family. He created the idea and the concept of family. And family, when your family, it, it implies that you have a relationship. However, just because we have the title of brother and sister doesn't mean that we automatically have a relationship. I may not even know your name, but you're my brother if you know the Lord. You're my sister if you know the Lord. But we may not have an actual relationship, and that's what God's saying. He's saying, okay, I, I took the first step and put you in the family together. Now it's up to you to relate to one another, to have a relationship. It matters to him. If something is important to God, should it be important to us? Yeah. Galatians chapter 5, verse 14 it says, the whole law can be summed up with this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If we'll just get that one thing down, every, we'll obey every other commandment. If we can just get down this loving thing. In Genesis, it tells us that we were created in God's likeness and in his image. And if God is love, then we need to be all about love. If God is all about family, then we automatically want to be all about family about relationships, and love isn't something that we can learn all by ourselves in isolation. God wants us to develop the skill of loving, like it's the most important skill that we learn as Christians on this earth is how to love. God is love, and he wants us to learn how to love, but the only way we love is by getting involved with people. Irritating people. Frustrating people, imperfect people like me and like you, because we can all be irritating at times. We can all be frustrating at times. We can all be imperfect a lot of the time, but we don't learn how to love until we're around people. Can't learn it by ourselves, and God said it's the most important thing. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, it says, let love be your highest goal. Faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these is we got to learn how to love. And if we're going to learn how to love, it is a skill that we have to be intentional about. Here's that theme again about being intentional. we got to be intentional about relationships. That means we got to make time for each other. It means we got to let our guard down with people. It means we got to maybe open up our home to people or, or inconvenience ourselves to, to spend an extra hour and a half on a Sunday with people. I know it's inconvenient, but it's also 
life-giving. And any time that we give to the Lord, he gives back to us. Multiplied. That's how he does it. Exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. He multiplies it. You know, love isn't just one of the, being a loving person or having that quality isn't just one of the things on our list of things to do this year. Like, it's the most important. It is what life is all about. I don't just want to be healthy this year. I don't want to just get my finances in order and, oh, I want to be a loving person. No, everything we do, it's all about love, and that's why small groups are a big deal. It is. It's a big deal. We want you to feel connected to the family. We want you to be a part of the family. We all know and probably have in our own families those that have been estranged from the family for whatever reason, good, bad, or ugly, whatever. We miss them. We want them to be connected again. We want people to be connected to the family. We don't want you just out there living in isolation. Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40. Relationships are what life is all about. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. That's what we're talking about, having a real, relevant relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why we say that every Sunday. A second is equally, thank you for bolding that and underlining it. Second is equally important. What does equally mean? The same. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Love your neighbor as yourself is equally as important as loving God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Wow, equal? Like, shouldn't God be loving him be more? Listen, we're loving God when we love others. Like, it's just another way of showing our love for him. So after learning how to love God, the second most important thing in our lives is to learn how to love, or the next step in loving God is learning how to love people. That's why small groups are a big deal. It's not just about a real relevant relationship with Jesus. It's about a real relevant relationship with each other. Let's go back to the beginning. Even in the Garden of Eden, where everything was perfect, can you imagine a world where everything was perfect and there was no sin in the world at all? That's the Garden of Eden that God created, the place that God created for his people. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 says, even in that environment, then the Lord said, it is not good for the man to be alone. Not good for man to be alone. He created the heavens and the earth, and he said it was good. He created the lands and the seas and the animals and even created human being, created man, and looked at it and said that it was good. And when everything was said and done, and man was out there enjoying the Garden of Eden, God said it's not good for him to be alone. There, finally, there was something that was not good. And, you know, a lot of times we use this verse um, in association with marriage, that it's not good for man to be alone. But really... God was looking far beyond just the initial relationship with Eve. He was looking at the fact that then they were going to come together and have children, and their children were going to have children, and then their children were going to have children. He was going to populate the entire earth. And through that, there were going to be many different types of relationships birthed, parent and child, child and parent, brother and sister, teachers, mentors, coaches, aunts and uncles, all different kinds of relationships created through bringing Eve to the earth with him. It's not good for us to be alone because we get in trouble when we're alone. We can talk ourselves into a lot of stuff 
when we're alone. It's, it's kind of dangerous, man or woman. We, it's, it's not good for us to be by ourselves. None of us can fulfill God's purpose for our lives by ourselves. We need each other. It's kind of ironic that, you know, Lionel and I would be the, in charge of the connections ministry here at this church because I was pretty adamant when we came to the building that I was going to come. I loved the worship and the word, and we knew a few people here, and we felt that the Lord had led us to this place. Um, but I was like, I'm not going to get connected with anybody or anybody more than I'm already connected with. Like, relationships are a lot of work. They take time, and I don't have time to, you know, build any more relationships. And then eventually we become the connections pastors here at the church. But let me tell you why I was that way. You know, I had been involved in church all my life pretty much. From the time I was 14 years old and got saved, I was involved with ministry. And I know you guys are going to do the math this morning, but next year I'll have served the Lord for 30 years. I know, I'm shocked too because I look so good. I know, I know. I know. But no, (laughs) in all those 30 years, you know, from the time I got saved through my, you know, up until the point that I was 30 years old, I was involved in full-time ministry. I mean, I started as a young person involved in the youth ministry, leading worship in the youth group. Then I became a youth pastor at 20 years old and helped pioneer and start a church. Um, And ministry was just everything to me. I mean, Pastor John talked about plugins to living an intentional life, and one of the key points that he brought up was uh, achieving balance. I was way out of balance back then. Everything was about ministry. My life was completely absorbed with it. I didn't have time for any of my family or my relationships or my health or anything like that because I was all about ministry, and I thought I was doing the right thing. And then I realized my life was completely out of balance. But the point being that during that time of my life, it kind of burnt me out on ministry. And I'm so thankful for those years of my life because it taught me everything about how to do ministry and how not to do ministry. And, but in the midst of it, there was some hurt and some things that happened with people in church that I thought were one way, and then they come to find out they were another way. And, and it just... It rubbed me the wrong way to the point where it's like, I know I need to have relationships, so I have these relationships over here with these people that I'm close to, but I know I need to go to church. I knew enough to know that I needed to be in church, but I was like, okay, but I'm not going to get connected with people. Been there, done that, you know, I did my time kind of thing. I'm not going to, you know, go there again. But as I would sit in church week after week and see all the relationships that were forming around me, I kind of got a little jealous, like, they look like they're having so much fun together, you know? They look like they're really enjoying each other's company, and I'm just, I, I'm, as much as I enjoy coming and being in the presence of God, there's something missing. And that might be you this morning, there's something missing. We got to get involved. And so I decided one day, the Lord brought that scripture to my remembrance about that it's not good for man to be alone, and I realized it's not good for me to be alone. I mean, I have my husband, I have some friends over here, but I want to be a part of a family. And so I let my guard down, and then we've been involved with people ever since. And then it, crazy God would put us in charge of bringing, connect, bringing people and making them connect and helping them get connected in the church. What a crazy way that God works sometimes. 
The very thing that we resist the most is typically the thing probably that's going to give us the most life. It's probably related to what our calling is really all about, where we're going to find our fulfillment. God knows the exact people and the exact relationships we need in our lives in order for us to be able to fulfill the purpose that in, and plans that he has for us in our lives. That means even the bad relationships, even the difficult people, God's like, I need you to go through this because it's going to build something in your character that you're going to need down the road because I've got these plans for you. But if you don't learn it here, you're going to have to go over here and learn it here before you can get down to the plans and the purpose that I have for you. We need people. We, God will use the good, the bad, and the ugly in our lives to prepare us for what he has for us. He's more concerned about who you are becoming than what you are going through. And it's not because he's an insensitive God. He is with you no matter what you're going through. It says he is close to the brokenhearted. But I'm going to tell you this right now. He's more concerned about the person you're becoming than what's happening to you in this moment. We've all heard it before. You can let your circumstances or this, this broken relationship or whatever to make you a better person or you can let it make you a bitter person. It's up to us. And God is concerned about our character more than he is just this moment, what you're going through. Because see, the reality is God can heal in a moment that brokenness. God can, God can do all these things, but we have to cooperate with him. We got to learn the lessons and forget the details so that we can move forward into the call that God has placed in our life. And if you're in this room this morning and you're struggling to move forward because relationships have left you feeling broken and hurt and wounded, I'm sorry to say this morning that the best way is to get back up on the horse, get involved with people again, open up your heart again, get involved, be connected we need each other. We can't come, become who we're supposed to become or do what we're supposed to do by ourselves. We need each other. We discover the role, our role in life through our relationships with each other. Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 5. In the message version it, re, version, it reads this way. In this way, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. He's talking about the church, guys. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. Every person in this room, has, there is a purpose and a plan that God created within you from the time that he formed you and made you. There is a purpose and a plan for your life. I don't care how old you are or how young you are or where you fit in the middle. God has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. You're not, we're not here just to exist with one another. Exist on this earth, live, take care of your family, and die one day. No, there is a greater plan. There is a greater purpose. It doesn't matter what your upbringing was like. doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank. doesn't matter what career you have or what education level you have. There is a purpose and a plan for your life. You're here for a reason. You're here for a reason. But the way we discover our purpose in life, we find our meaning and function as a part of his body. We got to be involved. We got to be a part of the body of Christ. Amen? I know that for some of you, like I said, this message may not be for you. You're automatically, this is, you want to be involved as much as you can. 
But for others, this is kind of a hard pill to swallow because you've been hurt before. But it doesn't change what the truth of God's word is. If he said it, we believe it and we do it without question. It's great that we come to church every Sunday. It's great that we sit under the word. It's great that we experience the presence of God as we worship together. It's amazing. It it feels great. But we're going to get up and we're going to walk out of here and live a whole week without that what we experience together. What's going to get us through the rest of that week? We got to have relationships with one another. We got to have people we can call on when we need prayer. We got to have people that we can just enjoy time together with, you know, and just know about their lives and they know about us. Here is the ultimate question that I believe some people are asking themselves in this room this morning. Isn't it enough for me to come to church and experience a deep connection with God through worship and through the word, do I really need to be involved with people? Do I really need to have a deep connection with people too? Because I'm connecting with God. Every Sunday when you come here, you can't help it because the presence of God is in this place and we connect with him through his word and through his presence, through worship and his anointing and we get prayed for and all of that. Isn't that enough? Why do I gotta be involved with people too? Imperfect, irritating, frustrating people. Why would you do that to me, God? You know how frustrating they are. You know I've been, they've let me down before. I, I, we're good, God, you and me, we're good. We can do this. <laughs> Made me think about um, how, you know, the church is the bride of Christ, right? We are his bride, his beautiful bride. <laughs> Maybe not always so beautiful, but we are his bride, um, and I'm thinking, like, who's a husband in this room? Who has a bride? Who has a wife? Okay, we got a couple excited men to be married in here. Okay, all right. All right, I got it. I, and I really believe this really goes for husbands and wives. But listen, if you were a husband and you had a friend and he's like, dude, I really like hanging out with you, you know, really enjoy our friendship. I know guys don't talk like that. That's more of a girl thing. But anyway, just pretend with me, Okay. That a guy is talking to, I really like hanging out with you, but your wife, she's irritating. She's frustrating. She's a hypocrite. Anybody ever heard people describe Christians, people who go to church that way? Hypocrites, irritating, frustrating, all the things you can think of. Men, how would you feel about that guy if he was telling you, like, I like you, but I don't want to have anything to do with your wife because she got issues. And me as a wife, if one of my girlfriends was telling me that, you know, that, you know, I want to be your friend, but I don't keep your husband separate because I don't want to have anything to do with him. See, we're one, though. He and I are one. You cannot separate me from him or him from me. We are one. So if you're talking about him, like, I feel like you're talking about me. How do you think Jesus feels when we're like, God, I want to come and I want to experience time with you and have a deep connection with you, but I don't want to have anything to do with your bride. I don't want to, your bride is imperfect. She's let me down before, so like, I want to hang out with you, but not her. As a spouse, I'm not okay with that. It hurts Jesus' heart 
It's like saying, you know, like, I, I don't, I don't want to be a part of the family. I just want you as my daddy, but I don't want any brothers or sisters. I know a little bit, some of this, like I said, has been hard to swallow, but I've got three statements I want to make before we close this morning. And they might be a little hard to take for some people. Anybody ever take those like big vitamins or supplements? Yeah, I, I take them too, and I got to take them one at a time and then drink a whole glass of water and then take the next one and drink a whole glass of water. Okay, so some of these statements, get ready, get your water bottles out. You might need to drink some water after each statement, okay, depending on where you're at. Others of you might be like, yeah, this is great, you know, if you pop all three of the big pills and chug it down. I don't know. I don't know how you do that. I would probably choke, but I don't want anybody to choke this morning, okay? So number one is many people use the church, but they don't love it. That was a loud, mm. I know, I know. I told you it was going to be hard to swallow. And listen, don't look around at your neighbor. Oh, that was, that was like Pastor Kaya was, who was here Tuesday night where she was like, this is for me, okay? Repeat after me. This is for me. It's not for you. Okay, don't worry about what, what, what's going on with the person next to you. You just think about you when it comes to these statements. Are we guilty of just like, whew, I love coming in on Sunday morning and enjoying the worship and the presence of God, and I get filled up with the word, and I get to leave my kid in the back. I don't have to be distracted by them for the next hour and a half. <sighs> and then someone comes up to you and like, hey, can you serve in the children's ministry once every six or eight weeks? Miss one service in six or eight weeks' time? Because your kid comes back there every Sunday, every single Sunday, like every week. That's like every week. Oh, you know, no, I can't do that. You know, you can't mess with my time with the Lord. This is my time to get in with the Lord. I need this. Yeah, I love the church, but, you know, or I use the church, but I don't really love it. Because if I loved it, love is an action I would show through my action. Like, I'm so grateful for what I get out of this church. I want to serve somewhere. Like, put me somewhere. Put me on the cleaning team scrubbing the toilets, right, Sean? Yeah. Put me in the children's ministry with the snotty-nosed kids that don't always obey all the time. I mean, sometimes they do and sometimes they don't, but, you know, hey, put me in there because my kid uses this ministry every single week, like, and I'm so grateful that I get that, that time where I can just focus on God every week, have that hour and a half of quality time with me and the Lord. That's how we show our love. It's through our actions. Okay, did we get that pill down? Okay, number two, it may seem easier to be holy when no one is around to frustrate your preferences, but that is false and untested holiness. Like I said earlier, like, we can get into a lot of trouble by ourselves. If we don't have somebody else, like, to snap us back into reality or to check us when we need to be checked with the truth of God in love, when we're by ourselves, we can convince ourselves of a lot of things. I can convince myself that I am very holy because there's nobody around to tell me otherwise. So I'm really holy when I'm doing stuff that I know I'm not really supposed to be doing, but no one else sees it, so I'm holy. It's fine. It's not that bad. Everybody does it because there's nobody around. The Bible tells us there's a safety in, mul in a multitude of counselors. We need each other. Okay, we got that pill down. We're almost done, I promise you. Number three, isolation breeds deceitfulness. 
This kind of goes along with number two. It is easy to fool ourselves into thinking we are mature if there is no one to challenge us. There's a lot of times, oh man, when I think back uh, to that young girl at 19, 20 years old when I first started in ministry, I really thought I knew a lot. I was so confident and had no reason to be confident because what's funny is the older you get and the more mature you get, the more you realize how much you don't know. But when you're young and immature, you think you know everything. I hadn't experienced an inch of life yet. And I know even at the age I am now that there's so much more to learn. But see, that's what comes with maturity is that you realize all the stuff you don't know. But there's that crazy confidence when you're a teenager and young adult and you really think you know a lot. And you may know a lot, but there is way more that you don't know. There's way more that you don't know. And I'm speaking that from personal experience. When you isolate yourself, you can really talk yourself into some stuff. It's for our own benefit that we get involved with each other. I'm going to close this morning. God created us to be interdependent, not independent, okay? We're supposed to depend upon and rely upon each other. And I know that's hard because we've been let down by people we never thought would let us down, people in positions that we expected more of. And yes, we don't come to church with the motivation, uh, with our main motivation being people. It really is about God. But like I said earlier, there, we were worshiping God when we were pouring our love on Pastor Kaya. Like that was one of our ways to worship God. It pleases the Father when his kids get along. We have the title of being brother and sister this morning. I'll stand up here. We have the title of being brother and sister, but do we have the relationship? Relationships take time, investment. We have to be intentional. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. And if you would like to know more information about our church, please visit thebuildingcf.com or download our app on all major app stores and marketplaces. Once again, thank you and have a blessed day.